Now it's my pleasure to introduce our pastor to you, our speaker. Give him a big hand, Pastor Adrian. In uh, preparing for this message, uh, God woke me up last night to, uh, to pray and I just I got a real sense that he wants to do something different this morning. So uh, for those who haven't heard, we'll put the first slide up, Malachi. The, uh, the theme for this year is birthing. And as I've been praying over the last few months of last year, God's starting to speak to me more and more on birthing. And like I said, I don't quite know what, what his plans are for the year. But the, uh, the key verses we're doing with this uh, is Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. But forget all that, it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And the next one is Isaiah 48, 6 and 7. Now I will tell you new things, secrets you have not yet heard. They are brand new things, uh, not things from the past, so you cannot say we knew that all the time. And it's interesting with, with birthing, when God brings about something new, we don't know what it is. So it's a good place to be in where we don't know what God's plans are. We know that, that, that he's commissioned us to go and make disciples. We know that he's commanded us to pray, to study his word. There's a whole bunch of things we know, but what does God want to do in and through us? That I'm not sure. And I will continue seeking God. I will continue praying for me. You need to do the same because God wants to use us every day to advance his kingdom, amen? amen. And we want to be part of that. Uh, I believe that coming into 2019, and I've been, I've been reading prophetic words left, right and centre, and they're all saying the same thing, new things, open doors. Uh, God wants to bring about something new. And it's got to be something that we're saying, God, we want to be part of this. Use us in this. Change us in this. Do whatever you need to in me so that this can happen. I don't want to be sitting here at the end of 2019 going, well, I didn't see anything different because I wasn't prepared to change. We've got to be prepared to press in, to study the Word of God, to seek God's face and say, God, what's next? What do you want from me? What do I do this week? And, and I believe that with, uh, when God says he's birthing something new, we need to continue to keep in mind that we can't work it out. God, we, we're just going to trust you. And it might mean we get it wrong, but if our heart is to say, God, I want to do the best for you, I want to reach out and touch lives for you, then God's going to use us because we're being obedient to what he says. Uh, Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because the Lord was with him. Uh, this year, I think, as we're expecting the impossible, we have to say, what, what is different? What, what are we looking for? And if we go back to Jesus as, as the example, he did all that he did because the Holy Spirit was with him. Now, some people say, but he was God, but the Holy Spirit was with him. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. So Jesus was God doing all these miracles. The Holy Spirit lives in me. God is the one doing the miracles, not me. I'm just the vessel that he works through. And so I know that if the Holy Spirit is with me, something good is going to happen. John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit for you and I. Amen? Jesus sent the Holy Spirit for you and I. Greater works than these you and I should be doing as well. Don't sound so excited. 
We should be seeing people healed. We should be seeing people saved. We should be seeing the dead raised. Amen? Not as many said yes with that one. But we've got to get out of our comfort zone and start praying, God, use me. What do you want from me today? Jesus walking down the street, sees a funeral procession, stops, tells the guy in the coffin to get up. Who would have the courage to do that today? But if the Holy Spirit says, go and do this, we need to obey. Because as he operates, as he does things, people are going to say, what is it about you? It's not me, it's God. Let me tell you about him. That gives us so many opportunities to tell about him. In Romans 8, 11 says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. We need to keep that in mind. We need to be reminded that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. He lives in you. Amen. We have to get hold of this truth. We have to know that God's word is alive and that it's real and relevant for us today. Ephesians 3.20 says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to what? The power that works in us. Who is the source of that power? The Holy Spirit. So if the same Spirit is in us and we're supposed to do greater works than Jesus, then the question we need to ask is, what is it that we need to be doing to enable us to do the works of Jesus? Why are we not seeing the outpouring like Jesus did? Why are we not seeing the breakthroughs like the Holy Spirit did? What was the one thing that Jesus spent lots of time doing? Praying. He prayed, he prayed many hours at night time, and we look and we see Jesus was effective in his ministry. The disciples were watching him, and in Luke 11, 1, it says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. They learned from him. They watched him. They ministered with him. They traveled with him. They saw Jesus prays and people get healed. Jesus prays and people get raised from the dead. Jesus prays and things happen. Why does this happen there and not to us? And they observed that at nighttime, in the early hours of the morning, that Jesus was in the secret place praying to his father. And they put two and two together and said, what happens in the secret place is rewarded openly. So the disciples say, hey, we want to know what happens in the secret place. Teach us to pray like you do over there because we want to see breakthroughs. We want to see miracles. We want to see things happen that when we lay hand, our hands on the sick, they shall recover. Amen. I want to see that for my life. So I've got to say, God, what happens in the secret place? And today's message I want to look at God's blueprint for prayer using the acronym, the ADSAF law. It's not a law, it's an acronym. But God has a blueprint for prayer because when the disciples were asking him, teach us to pray, they weren't saying, teach us what you're praying. What they were saying is, teach us how to be as effective as you. Teach us what happens behind closed doors so that in the open we can be as effective as you, so we can see lives touched and changed because we want to see your name, your kingdom advance. Amen? Who wants that? Yeah. I know I do. Psalm 46.10 reads, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes it's important for us to be still before God. And with the hectic lifestyle we live, we need to get away, we need to be quiet, we need to say, God, 
it's just me and you. Whether that's the middle of the night, whether it's early hours of the morning, whether it's in the daytime, find something that works because prayer is an important or has to be an important part of our life. Prayer can be a presentation of our wish list or it can be us asking God for something, a strategy to be effective as Christians. Too many people bring their wish list before God and say, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, and I need this. Amen, thanks. Our worship is often, God bless me. God, you know, it, we'll, we're happy to worship, we're happy to pray, we'll speak to God, and, and the, the response we want from him is give me something. Bless me, give me the anointing, answer my prayers. But God wants more than that. He wants to talk with us. He wants to walk with us every day. He wants to empower us. R.A. Torrey said, those persons who know the deep peace of God, the unfathomable peace that passes all understanding are always men and women of much prayer. Corrington Bohm said, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. John Bunyan said, Prayer will make a man cease from sin or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. Where is your life with God? How important is prayer to you? How determined are you to connect with God? I was looking at this picture from Michelangelo, the Sistine Chapel. Uh, It's called Adam and God. What do you notice about this picture? Yeah, I have covered the nakedness. What was it, Kerry? God's the one leaning. Adam's attitude is, oh, yes, I suppose. If you really have to, or maybe it's, God, I'm just so happy that I can grace you with my presence. Do we often pray like that? La-di-da. Because God stretches out. God says, I'm here to give you everything. I'm here to, to anoint you. I want to see my kingdom advance and I want to do it through you. God wants relationship with us, but he doesn't want us to sit back. He wants us to stretch out and meet him. He wants us to be desperate to connect with him. And like I said earlier, when the disciples said, teach us to pray, they weren't saying, teach us what words you're saying. They were saying, teach us how to be effective. And using some of these principles today, we're going to look at that. The first one is adoration. Praise and adoration. I've had the kids come, sorry, I've come home from work and I've had Justin go, what are you doing tonight? Hi, it's nice to be home. How was your day, Dad? Yeah, 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 but what are we doing tonight? And now if I come home, he goes, hi, Dad, how was your day? (laughs) What do you want? (laughs) You can always read motives. God always knows the motives of our heart. But he wants us to worship him. He wants us just to come before him and adore him. How many people here like to be loved? You were made in God's image and likeness. You know who else likes to be loved? God. So don't start off your prayers with, God, I need something. Start off your prayers with, God, you're an awesome God. I worship you, I praise you, I'm here to magnify you because you have given me everything and I am so blessed to be your child. Don't let it just be a God give me prayer. 
because we're talking not just prayer, we're talking effective strategy. The first key is adoration. The second one is declaration. And I've spent some time over the last year or two talking on declaration. We are made in the image and likeness of God. Amen? You are made in the image and likeness of God. When God spoke, the world was created. You have power in your words. So when you're praying, you need to be speaking the word of God. You need to be declaring the promises of God's word. You need to be declaring the truth. If you're sick, declare the word of God. Your word of God says that by his stripes I was healed. I stand in this place and I stand on the promises of your word. I speak to sickness and I command it to be broken. I'm declaring the truth of God's word. If I have financial need, God, you said that you supply all my needs. I can come before you and I just thank you that you are my supplier. You are my source of supply. Not the bank, not my job, not other people. You are the source of my supply. I'm declaring the truth of God's word. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain and be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says shall be done, he will have whatever he says to you. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. There is power in your words. So start declaring the promises of God's word over your life. First one is adoration. Second one is declaration. The third one is surrender. Put God and his plans before everything you do. At the end of last year, I shared a message about creating a New Year's resolution and and letting God be the source of inspiration for that resolution. It's not what do I want to achieve for this year, it's God, what do you want to achieve through me? What do you want me to do? Surrendering our will to God is important. God, I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done. When Jesus prayed that, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Another word for kingdom, or the word that ties in with kingdom is authority. We should be praying for God's authority to come upon us, that that as we live, as we move, as we breathe, as we talk to people, as we pray for people, that the authority of God flows in and through us. We need to surrender to God and say, here I am, God, use me. So that if God says, I need you to pray for this person down the street, that you lay your hands on them and say this, that out of obedience I say that and see what God does. I remember one person one day was, he came to church he said, God, here I am, use me. And in the middle of praise and worship, God said, shout out no. Said, you are kidding me. Shout out no. He goes, um, you sure? You said you want, you want to be used? Shout out no. So he just shouts at the top of his voice, no. Sits down going, oh, what am I doing? God says, do it again. <laughs> You're kidding me. You said you wanted to be used. Do it again. So he stood up and shouted again, no. Sat down going like, this is embarrassing. Why did I bother coming to church today? Say it again. (laughs) Happened three times. The third time he shouted it out, a guy ran forward and got saved. He said, I was on the bridge this morning considering suicide. And I said, God, I will give you one chance. You have to tell me no or yes. He said, God spoke. And that guy's going, 
God, use me. We don't always know what it is up front, but we need to obey God's voice when he says so. How do we learn that? In the secret place. Amen? Surrender. Put God's plans above your own. And notice at this stage, you haven't asked for anything yet. You've been worshipping God, declaring the truth of his word, surrendering your life to him. And you haven't said a single thing about God, give me. But at this stage, ask. Because the Bible says, let your requests be made known to God. He wants to know what they are. But the thing is, we don't have to spend hours praying, asking, begging, pleading. I remember one time, probably about a year or two ago, I was praying at home and I can't even remember what it was, but I was, I was aware that I was waffling. And those of you who are laughing know you've done the same thing. God, I so need this. Lord, this is the nature of my problem. This is what happens here. This is what this person said to me. This is how I responded. This is how I felt. And God's, what I actually heard God say was, are you done yet? I was like... Uh, yeah, I'll shut up now. <laughs> but what God was prompting was that he knows the needs before we ask them. So just ask them. Don't spend hours waffling about how bad your life is, how big your problems are. God knows that. Just say, God, I have a need. I'm asking for your provision here. I'm asking you to help me love this person. I'm asking you to help me come up with a decision on this issue at work. I don't know how to deal with this. And then you just keep on. We don't have to spend such a long time asking all the things that we need to ask. But there is an important, we do need to bring those before God. We do need to ask. So ask. 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Who are all men? All men our leaders, our politicians. Yeah, in asking, it's not just about me. It's praying for my city. It's praying for our country. Praying for the leaders of our church. Praying for those around me, our boss, those we work with. Asking isn't just about me, it's God. These are the things that, that are important to me. The next one is forgiving. Mark 11, 25 and 26 says, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. If I want God to forgive me, it's very clear. I have to forgive first. And you might say, well, that's easy for you. You're a pastor. No, I'm a human being and people offend me. And I need to forgive just like you do. And you might say, but I have a reason to be angry. Yes, you do. You don't have a right, you have a reason. And we can often look at that and say, yeah, but this person's done this. Forget about what's happened. Set yourself free. Because quantum physics, and I really don't understand how all this works, but quantum physics has proven that everything is connected. They call it entanglement or spooky action at a distance. But even somebody on the other side of the world is connected to you. So if a traumatic uh, circumstance has happened, you are connected to that person through that trauma. Like I said, I don't understand it, but science has proven more than just what we see in books. 
Quantum physics has proven that we're, we are spiritual beings, that we are connected everywhere. So when there is a trauma, you are connected to that person. When you forgive that person, you actually cut yourself free of the trauma. They can no longer continue to influence you and affect you. Even if they're on the other side of the world, the trauma that you have gone through with that person, if you haven't forgiven them, even on the other side of the world, they can think something and it's been proven to affect you mentally. So when Jesus said, I need you to forgive, he wasn't trying to make your life difficult. He was trying to set you free. Forgiveness has to be a part of your life. It has to be a part of every day of your life. Not just five minutes, not just once a year, every single time we pray. Again, if we look at that scripture, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. How many times a day can you pray? Constantly. So what does that mean we need to do with forgiveness? Forgive constantly. I was praying this morning and I was going through even these points and I went, I came to forgiveness. I went, yep, I've got to forgive that person. It was just, yes, I have to. Done and dusted. And when I forgive, I say, they no longer owe me anything. Is that easy to do? No, not always. But I want to be free. It's more about me connecting with God than holding a grudge against someone else. Forgiveness is an important part of our life. The next one is leading. Let God lead you. God, what do you want from me today? Gone too far ahead. What do you want from me today? Who do I speak to? What things do I need to know? As I walk down the street and do my shopping today, if there's somebody you need me to talk to, make it real to me. Let me see the green light. If I need to keep my mouth shut, let me see the red light. God, lead me today. Psalm 32, 8 says, God will instruct me and teach me in the way I should go. He will guide me with his eye. Psalm 37, 23 says, my steps are ordered by the Lord. Psalm 119, 105 says, the word, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways I acknowledge him and he will direct my paths. Romans 8, 14 says, I am led by the spirit of God for I am a son of God. There's enough scriptures that say that we need to be led by God. So our prayer time needs to include, God, I want you to lead me today. Amen? The next one is the armour. Isaiah 52, 12 says, For you will not go out with haste, nor by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. We need to be praying for God's protection over us. He sees the attacks of the enemy before we do. And if he's my rear guard, it means he's got my back. In your prayer time, he might actually say to you, I need you to pray for Adrian today because there's an attack coming his way. Or you might be led to pray for your boss. Your prayer time might actually be part of my protection. So please, don't stop praying. But I need to be praying for my protection as well. I need to be praying over my family. I need to be declaring the armour of God over me. That I want the mind of Christ. I want his sword, his word to be, to be active and alive whenever I use it. I want my faith to grow strong. So I'm praying that God will do that. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts and wickedness and in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. We need to apply the armour, but there's one more piece that that scripture tells us. And we need to make sure this piece of the armour is a part of our daily routine. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying in the Holy Spirit needs to be a part of our daily routine. As I was going through this, I was, I was looking at God, there's a few things that aren't included here. Praying in the Spirit isn't one of them. And then as I read this, I went, yes, it is. The other one is, there's not actually a point where we actually stop and listen to God. And I was pondering over that, and God really clearly said, that's because I expect you to be listening all the time. Because prayer is communication. Has anybody ever spoken to somebody on the phone, going, yeah, yeah, well, all right, and pulled the phone away? That person's still talking, you're not listening. How often are our prayers like that? We do all the talking, God has to do all the listening, and we don't listen to him. We need to be listening as a part of what we're doing. Praying in the spirit is a part of our armour that should never be neglected. The last one is worship. Bracketing our prayers with worship allows our focus to remain on God rather than on our needs. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving and as we close in worship it's like God I want to say thanks I want to thank you that you anoint me I want to thank you that you answer my prayers I want to thank you that you provide my needs I want to thank you for your faithfulness again we're not just asking God for things we're not just saying God here's my wish list I'm just giving you my Christmas list tick off all the things you're going to give me and the things that you can't give me give them to me next time That's not how prayer works. If we want to be effective, then we need to be walking through uh, an effective strategy saying, God, I want to do more than just send you my Christmas list. So let's see if you can remember. What's the first one? Second one? And don't look at your notes if you've written them down. (laughs) Third one? Surrender. Fourth one? Fifth one, sixth one, seventh one, and the eighth one. Now how many think they can memorize this and put this into practice? I've printed off a whole bunch of these in case you'd like to take them home. So feel free to come up the front and grab them after, but this may help you and you can join in 
as you, as you cotton on to what it is. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, he gave them the Lord's Prayer. He wasn't saying, pray this prayer and you'll be as good as me. He was saying, here is the strategy. If you want to be effective in your life with God, this sort of stuff has to happen in the secret place. Because what God sees in the secret place, he will reward you openly. Amen? Let's stand. I just want to spend a few minutes praying. We're going to leave this um, overhead up. I'm going to have some music playing in the background. Not so much going to have an altar call, but I've asked Malachi just to start playing some music for us so that those, or even the musos, can sit back and just relax and just spend this time praying. Put this into practice. We're just going to start praying. We're going to do this together. But I want you out loud to start off praying some of these principles. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but if you spend one minute on each of these eight points, then you've prayed for eight minutes. You spend two minutes on each point, you've prayed for 16 minutes. You spend five minutes on each point, and you've prayed for 40 minutes. You might say, I don't know how to pray. My prayer life doesn't go longer than two minutes. Well, now it can. So Malachi, if you just start playing that for us, we'll put that last slide back up again. Just work your way through it till you find the text is yellow. But we're just going to start praying. And when it comes to the point of forgiveness, you might need to pray quietly. You might need to actually ask God to forgive you of something. He might put his finger on issues like pornography or lying or cheating or stealing. You may not want people to hear that, but God hears your heart. But be honest with him as we pray. Father God, in this place, we just worship you. We exalt you. Come on, church, lift your voice and start praying. We are a people of God. We need to pray like a people of God. Father, we declare you as our King. We declare you as our Saviour. We thank you that there is no God like you. We stand in this place and we magnify you. We make you big. There is no God like you. There is no God that compares to you. You are so faithful. We are so blessed to be your children. Lord, we are part of your family. You are a great great God and we just worship you we bless you we praise you we magnify you all glory belongs to you all praise belongs to you we worship you almighty God father we declare the truth of your word we declare that by his stripes we were healed we declare that you are the supplier of every need we have we declare that your word is alive and that as we speak your word it is active it is powerful because it is empowered by your spirit We declare you are a faithful God. We declare the truth of who you are. 
we declare that we are saved because of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, for your goodness. We thank you, God, for your goodness. Father, we surrender before you. Lord, we ask that you lead us. We ask that you guide us. Father, we thank you that your kingdom is ours. Lord, that we can, we can stand under the authority and the power of your kingdom because we want to live in that. Father, we ask that your kingdom become alive, that it come down here on earth every day as part of our lives. We ask for the authority that you have for us, that we can walk in that authority, that we can stand in that authority, that we can activate that authority through the power of your spirit, that as we pray, people's, people are healed. As we pray, prayers are answered. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord God, we stand in the gap and we ask, oh God, for, for salvation for this city. Lord, we just thank you that we can pray we call people in, Father. We call, we call finances in to help us achieve the work you need us to do. Lord, we call souls in. We call leaders in. We call volunteers in. Father, we thank you that you are the provider of every need that we have, whether it is physical, whether it is spiritual, whether it is for us personally, whether it is for us uh, in our place of employment, whether it's for us as a church. You are a God who provides, and we thank you that we can bring every need we have before you. Father, we ask for health. We ask for healing. Your word says, by his stripes you were healed, and we declare the truth of your word. We declare the truth of that. Father, right now, if there's anything within our own hearts that we need to forgive, Father, we ask you bring that to our mind. Lord, if we need to, to forgive people, Lord, reveal that to us. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you and we choose to set them free. We declare that they no longer owe us anything. Father, we ask your forgiveness for areas where we have sinned. Lord, whether it's through uh, technology, abuse of technology, whether it's too much time away from your word, whether it's through lying, cheating, stealing, Lord, putting our eyes on things we shouldn't, Father, we ask your forgiveness. We declare that we will change. We thank you, Lord God, that as we ask for forgiveness, you do forgive us. You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And we thank you for that, oh God. We choose to walk that out. We choose to walk a different life. We thank you, Father God, that you are leading us in all these areas. We thank you, God, that you are leading us and helping us to, to day by day speak your word. Show us who to speak to. Show us how we should operate at work. Show us who we should speak to at work and, and, and show us how to even uh, declare your word in the workplace. Father, as we walk down the street, show us who to pray for. Lord, lead us, lead us every step of the way. We wanna be a people that are known as Pentecostals, people that allow your spirit to operate through us, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. We thank you, O God, for your armor. We thank you, Lord God, that you have provided us with spiritual armor. And Lord, we just declare the truth that we can be protected by you, that we have the helmet of salvation, that we are saved, that our mind is being recreated through the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, for the breastplate of righteousness, that we are protected. We thank you, Father, for the shield of faith. Lord, for your word that we can stand and we can, we can use your word with authority. We can use your word with excellence and precision. We thank you that in use of your word, in studying word, it grows our faith. I thank you, Lord, that our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that we can go wherever we need to. Lord, we rely on you. We depend on you. We depend on you. Lord, I thank you that even as I pray in the Spirit, you are praying on my behalf. I may not understand what is coming out, 
but your word says that you speak words that we don't understand. And so we continue to stand in this place. We continue to worship you. We continue to praise you. We continue to bless you. We continue to exalt you. For you are the mighty God. You are the lifter of our head. You're our wonderful redeemer. I thank you, God, that as we leave this place, that we can go out and we can empower lives because we have your Holy Spirit living with us. We are blessed, oh God, to be your children. We are blessed because of all that Jesus has done. We just worship you in this place, Father. We praise you, Father. We magnify you, God. You're worthy of glory and honour. You're worthy of praise. We bless you. We praise you. We honour you. We thank you, Father, for all that you have done. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. That's how you pray. It's not hard, but our focus can't just be God. It's all about me because there's a whole lot more that we need to be praying for. I'll leave these. uh, There's about 40 of them here. If you need more, let me know. I'll put a copy on Instagram and Facebook this week as well so you can download it from there. But let prayer be a part of your life. Let it be part of your New Year's resolution, not just for the New Year seven days, but a part of your life. Pray over your family. Pray over your business. Pray over your job. Pray over your finances. God has plans and purposes for our life that that by far exceed just the basics of what we, we can imagine. We need to grow in God daily. Like I said, 2019 is going to be a year of birthing. God's going to require more from you and I. God's going to require a greater level of faith for you to step out of your comfort zone and pray for people down on the streets. I was listening to a prophetic word yesterday where uh, the word was that as you go out and as you pray on the streets, I will start activating what you're saying and I will start bringing, bringing souls in. We need to start saying, God, we have to see more. We have to do more. We have to pray more. We have to seek you more. It's not about we have to. It's about, God, I want to see your kingdom advanced. Amen. Thanks, Bernie.